And welcome everyone to Season 3 of the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll, or email me here directly, KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Happy to have you with us as we kick off the 2022 fantasy football season. We will do so with the running back preview. We'll take a look at the top 24 players at the position. I will go in-depth on each of them. Situation, workload, what I've seen on film, and this will include some bust potential on some of the names at the top of the, the draft, and well, and throughout the first two rounds here, or three as it were. And I will also bring up some bargain basement running backs that compare very nicely with some of these players that you find at the very, very beginning of the first round. Um, who are they, you might ask? Keep listening, and I will give those names later on. I hope all of you have had an amazing off season. A lot has happened on my end of the uh, on my end of the equation. After two years of steering clear of the coronavirus, yours truly tested positive back in May. Um, I was sick for a solid ten days. I had the worst sore throat in the history of sore throats. I could barely swallow, let alone talk or anything else. It was a uh, it was pretty bad. Now I didn't have the high fever like a lot of folks have i was feverish for the first few days and i'm not going to harp on this or go over my health you guys don't care about that that's not why you listen but i did want to bring it up because i had intended to do a, a quick series in late april well really early may based on uh, the draft uh, the nfl draft and kind of go over what I, my thoughts were a lot of wide receivers a couple of running backs it wasn't a really exciting draft from that standpoint. Kenny Pickett, the only first-round quarterback, and we could talk all day about that. We're not going to, but of course we could. But uh, in a nutshell, I'm starting later than normal, but in the grand scheme of things, I, I anything that I would have done up to this point would either have to be redone or would just be speculation. Now that training camp has opened up, we are getting really into the preseason now with the Hall of Fame game last week. Uh, there was some news on Josh Jacobs running with the uh, the, the first team on the, the first two series of the of the uh, of the game. I don't know what that was all about. I don't read too much into that. We'll talk about Jacobs in a few minutes. But um, before I digress too too much, I just wanted to get that out of the way. And let you know what my intentions are moving forward. We will do the same format like we've always done. But I don't want to do it. uh, I don't want to give you redundant information. Like I've always said, you guys know who the superstars are. So I will always try to give you nuggets that you can use to actually win your championship. For example, Rashad Penny last year. I told you guys, even though he was on the pup list, if you had an IR spot, put him on there. Once Chris Carson got hurt and Penny came back, that was going to be his backfield. He could have won championships for you down the stretch. It's information like that. We all know we're going to take Jonathan Taylor number one, and we'll talk about him in a minute. We all know who's going to be good from any position. Justin Jefferson, when we get to the wide receivers, Cooper Cup, you name it. But there are guys that uh, that are going to win championships for you that are not even talked about. So it's something that you really have to sink your teeth into if you're gonna if you're gonna win championships. 
So before I get off, uh, before I hop off of my soapbox here, um, I do want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that, of course, is Bove Design. If you run a business, you probably have an outdated website if you even have one set up at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools that you need to set your business up for success. Whether it's a site upgrade, rebuilding an existing website, or creating one from scratch, Bove Design has got you covered. They even design logos like the one I have for the podcast here. So make sure you check them out on Instagram at bove.design. That is B-O-V-E dot design. Both you and your business will be happy that you did. All right, so let's go ahead and dive right in and take a look at, uh, and these are going to be the consensus top uh, 24 running backs on uh, the Fantasy Pros platform. So if you go to Fantasy Pros and filter through it, you'll see them there. I will tell you my thoughts, whether I agree or disagree on where the rankings are. I, of course, have my own rankings but I just thought it would be better this way so you guys could see where they fall in in expert consensus. And it'll also give us an idea of what the ADP is, which is average draft position. Because let's face it, not everybody's an expert. And I use quotes with that. So when you're in a draft with just regular people, where are they taking these players? That's where ADP comes in. You might find that uh, somebody like Josh Allen, because of the year he had last year and the last couple of years, really, will be going sooner rather than later because of what, like I said, just because of his performance and people want to get that quarterback, that that uh, top-notch quarterback there. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and dive right in. As you guys know, I've talked about it again uh, just now, a guy that I was wrong about last year. I, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, and when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Jonathan Taylor checks all the boxes. The guy is a between-the-hash-marks runner. He's explosive. He's got great hands. He catches passes. He does everything in that offense, and he's the undisputed workhorse in that Frank Reich offense. I didn't think Frank Reich would do that in Indianapolis. Now, there's a caveat to this as... They ran more in the red zone. They didn't pass a lot last year with Carson Wentz there. That may change with Matt Ryan coming aboard. Matt Ryan could be, and really is, if you ask me, a more competent passer than Carson Wentz. So we'll have to wait and see how this all plays out. Every year you hear the same thing, that they're going to have to get Naeem Hines involved. Do you really? With what Jonathan Taylor did last year, let the guy cook and do his thing. So... Jonathan Taylor is, if you have the number one pick in the draft, he's not he, he, he's not coming off an injury. He's had a solid year and a half now in a row where he finished as number four last year and number one overall as far as running backs go. There is nothing wrong there at all. The volume is there. The talent is there. He is locked and loaded as your number one guy. Case closed. You may hear some arguments for this next guy, which is Christian McCaffrey. Now, this is the first uh, player that I disagree with the consensus on. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not saying he's not good. Christian McCaffrey last year, he only played seven games, got hurt again. That's a concern. But let's say he played all 17 games. If you extrapolate his stats and put him on a 17-game pace, he would have been the uh, the third running back. 
He would have had just over a thousand yards rushing. He was peppered with targets, as you know you would expect, because that's what his forte is. He would have finished as the number three running back uh, behind Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor in PPR. So, if he comes back healthy from this injury and they utilize him the same way, he could finish top five. But at number two, he wouldn't have been number two last year. And that's before the injury and before the Panthers may decide to do a little something. Granted, Deontay Foreman isn't somebody that I think is going to take a lot of work from McCaffrey, but it's certainly, it would behoove them, the Panthers, to not kill this guy. On the flip side, they're not a good team. So they're not going to be, at least in my estimation, fighting for a playoff spot anytime soon. So I think that they can at least afford to play him as often as possible. So there's that. We'll have to wait and see what Matt Rule decides to do here, uh, bringing in Baker Mayfield. And um, I I just think it's going to be less of a a 90-10 situation for Christian McCaffrey. And volume was his thing. And if you take some of that volume away, perhaps he's lost a step. He's a bit older and he's banged up. Yeah, I don't like him at number two overall. Uh, There are guys that I would prefer to take there. One of them a little further down on this list and one even farther than that. So, but we'll we'll move on. Number three is a guy that, uh, another guy I was wrong about last year. Although I feel better about this guy, or at least being right about him again than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I was just flat out wrong. But Austin Eckler was a product of the amount of touchdowns he got last year. Yes, absolutely. He's the number one guy in that offense, led by Justin Herbert. So you have a a, a dynamic guy who can catch passes. Eckler, a lot like McCaffrey, is not somebody that should be utilized 90% of the time. And I don't believe it's going to be the case this time. He didn't get a thousand yards. You might think he did with the amount of, you know, amount of points that he, he tallied. 903 rushing yards is what Austin Eckler got, but 12 touchdowns on the ground. He hadn't gotten touchdowns on the ground until last season. Now that they have, they drafted a running back. Uh, Justin Herbert's got another year under his belt. I think that air attack is going to be better. Eckler will do it in the air, and he will be a top 10 guy. He could even possibly sneak back into the top three, or top five, excuse me. I just don't see him as the number three uh, running back. The guy behind him I like a little bit more, and that's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, in my mind, has a legitimate shot at the number one running back in uh, fantasy over the course of this year. He's in a new system with a new coaching staff that love the quarterback and want to turn up the volume. Higher passing volume means more points for Dalvin Cook. He is the workhorse there. Now, granted, we don't know if that's going to continue. Perhaps they sprinkle in Alexander Madison. I don't think that's going to happen. I really do believe it's Cook's uh, job to to run the ball as a three-down workhorse, and you're going to see that early and often. The passing game will only open that up for him. And his production on a down year last year, now he finished uh, number 16 overall, over the course of the year last year in PPR. And if you took his 14 games that he played last year and extrapolated those into the 17-game pace, he was on pace for 1,514 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. 
add in 44 more catches for 292 yards. He didn't have a score in the passing game, and that hurt him. I think that changes this year. And he would have had 272 fantasy points uh, in the PPR. And now he's being chosen as a top five running back. I want to compare him with somebody who's going in the sixth round in most drafts. I'm not going to tell you the player's name, but when you uh, take what he would have gotten in a 17-game sample size, it would have been 1,386 yards, 14 touchdowns on the ground, 30 catches, 211 yards, and another pair of scores. His total touchdowns were twice what Dalvin Cook would have had over the span of the same amount of games. And this guy, like I said, is going uh, average ADP of 56th overall. His fantasy points uh, in a PPR would be 285, so he would have 13 more by the end of the year than Dalvin Cook would have had. And that, my friends, is Elijah Mitchell. That's right. The Elijah Mitchell that everybody is, hes they're kicking him to the curb, even though he was proven last year to be the one number one guy in San Francisco's offense, the run-heavy offense that is still run by the same coaching staff. Yes, I know they're getting a run-heavy quarterback. That only is going to help. Um, the touchdowns might come back a little bit, but Elijah Mitchell you can get at, at 56. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're somebody who – decides to go wide receiver early first round you can look at a guy like Mitchell and maybe just maybe he'll give you Dalvin Cook like uh, production way down in drafts you could load up somewhere else just something to consider just something to consider all right we'll move on to the next guy here so at number five and remember that this is PPR here uh, Najee Harris what's not to like about Najee Najee had 74 catches his rookie season. He is the featured back in an offense that, let's face it, they use one back. That's a one-back system in Pittsburgh. I know they have a new quarterback now for the first time in almost 20 years. That does not mean they're going to change the way they do things. Mike Tomlin likes this workhorse role, and Najee Harris fits the prototype. Big bruising back, good speed, and he, he proved he has great hands. 74 catches. Imagine Derrick Henry with even half of uh, of uh, 74 catches. And we'll get to Derrick Henry in a minute. And no, I'm not suggesting that Najee Harris is as talented or as good as Derrick Henry. But he's built very similarly to it. So when you consider that, there is a chance. Uh, there, there is a, a, a really good chance for this guy to have 1,500 rushing yards, a bunch of touchdowns on the ground, and 50-plus catches for maybe 500 more yards. So 2,000 yards are not out of the realm of possibility for Najee Harris. He has zero competition. So to take him this early, I would rather have Harris than Eckler. And that's not a knock on Eckler. I get it. I understand it. But Najee Harris is, again, he's going to get all the workload. And Pittsburgh's offense, though not great, isn't going to be that terrible. Isn't going to be that terrible. It, It... it wasn't good under Ben Roethlisberger. So what makes you think it's going to be worse this year? I don't know. As a Steeler fan, I like Najee a lot. And I know that I'm not going to get him in my draft. At least I don't think I will. Um, I'm drafting fifth. And I'll get into more of that as we go on. But um, Jeff Silverman, the uh, commissioner of our league, is drafting before me. 
and he's a Najee Harris guy. So I guess we'll find out if that's going to happen. Um, but I love Najee here, and if I if he's available to me at five, I'm scooping him up. Number six, we have the aforementioned Derrick Henry. As I was talking about earlier, he uh, if he can get somewhere around 35, 40 catches along with his uh, 2,000 yards that he gets annually, this guy will be most likely the number one player in fantasy. And he was on pace for 36 receptions. He had 18 in half a season last year. And in Tennessee, there's not many people to throw the ball to. So Ryan Tannehill, you could say what you want. Maybe he's fallen off a cliff, but it doesn't matter. Derrick Henry is going to catch some passes. Derrick Henry is going to get the football nine times out of ten times they run it. Unless he, As long as he stays healthy, you have a top ten back in Derrick Henry. Um, I, I like him. I guess I like Harris a little bit better because he catches more passes. But all in all, if I took Henry at five, I'm happy. Number seven is a guy I like every single year. This will come as no surprise to anybody. And Chris Henderson, I'm looking at you because you call me out on it every year. And last year, it hit, baby. And that is Joe Mixon. Look, Joe Mixon is in a Super Bowl caliber offense, and he's the number one back. Yeah, did they throw, you know, was Captain America in there, Chris Evans, a little bit? Yes, he was. But that doesn't mean that Joe Mixon is going to lose any snaps to him or lose this or lose that. Giovanni Bernard was there a couple of years back. Mixon is still good. Mixon is still the workhorse here. He's in that Super Bowl offense. I understand they got those two top 10 wide receivers. We'll talk about them on the wide receiver show. Does it mean anything? Spreading that, uh, spreading the ball out, spreading the defense is going to create more opportunities for Mixon. Mixon will score on the goal line. I love Joe Mixon. So uh, at the tail end of the first round get Mixon, and you can always double up with one of these next guys i talk about and chris henderson speaking of the devil his guy is next and that's deandre swift look i've said it from day one swift was my guy in that draft that had clyde edwards alaire and jonathan taylor and swift swift was the guy i liked the most and i've said from day one that if he ever went to the chiefs look out. If he was their number one guy with Mahomes and and Hill and those guys there, they would have won those last. The, the, they would have probably won at least one more Super Bowl. Again, it's hindsight and it's 2020, and I get all that. But Swift is that good, and it looks like Detroit is finally going to give this guy the quote unquote workhorse role. Yes, they'll sprinkle in Jamal Williams or somebody else, but overall, Swift is going to be the guy we saw at the tail end of last year. He's involved in the passing game. Breakout is coming here. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished top four, but here at eight, so you'll get him at the back end of the draft, and, and Chris is drafting in the 10 spot, I believe. So I think that uh, it looks like he'll, he'll most likely take Swift at 10, and uh, who knows what he'll do coming back. That, that's going to be something to uh, something to consider, but... Uh, back to the point on uh, Swift. Swift is a guy that you could feel comfortable getting in the first round. Not even a second thought about it. Number nine, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is somebody that I was high on last year. I didn't think Dylan would have as big a role as he did. Unfortunately for me, as the Jones owner, he did. Jones got off to a fantastic start last year the four-touchdown game in Week 2, and he looked like he was off to the races. Now, he did hurt his hamstring, and that 
kind of slowed him down a little bit, quote unquote. But uh, AJ Dillon did figure in in a 50-50 timeshare in Green Bay, and I think it's going to stay that way. Um, they're not adding uh, receivers. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to rely on the running game a lot more. That could mean more work for Jones as he's a great pass-catching back. I just don't like him here at 9. There's a guy just after him that I like better than him and a couple of guys down the the list that I like better than him as well. But Aaron Jones is somebody that will be targeted, will be off the board. If you take him as a compliment to somebody like Swift, maybe if you have the 11 and 12 turn and then – you do that, that's good. I don't want him as my number one running back, I guess is what I'm saying here. I am not comfortable with it. Now, at number 10, some people say this guy's too high. Some people say it's where it should be. I think it's where it should be. I see a scenario where Saquon Barkley is better than the number 10 running back on the board, but on the same token... I don't. I need to see something first before I go out on that limb. I would rather have Barkley than Aaron Jones for the reason I just said. He's not splitting his workload with anybody. And yes, the Giants' offense is bad, but they have receivers. And I realize that Daniel Jones hasn't been, you know, who he was drafted to be. But then again, he wasn't that person when he was drafted. So, and yeah, take that any way that you want. He should never have been taken as the sixth overall pick. That was just ridiculous. But I digress. Saquon Barkley is poised and ready for a return to prominence here. And I do think he'll be in the top 10. So where he's being taken right now is warranted. If you could get a Najee Harris and and a Saquon Barkley as a one-two punch, that to me would be an almost perfect start. So maybe, just maybe, that's something I consider doing. Moving on, Leonard Fournette. I've always been a Fournette proponent. Always loved the guy. I loved him when he was in Jacksonville. And as much as I'm a Rojo fan, and and we'll talk about him uh, at another podcast. He won't make it, obviously, on the top 24. But I will talk about him in one of the uh, in the Sleepers, Breakouts, and Busts episode. But back to Fournette. Fournette is the number one guy here. 80 catches last year. I mean, that's just unthinkable. Um, He he should get more than that uh, this year, playing a full season. He's going to be the primary guy in a Tom Brady offense. I don't really need to say much more than that, do I? He is a great number two guy. At number 11 overall, he should be, unless you... You know, unless you everybody's sucking up these running backs and you don't have a way to go, then Fournette can be your number one guy. If you have a Justin Jefferson or a Cooper Cup, that's not a bad way to go either. Draft Fournette with confidence. He is the number one guy in Tampa Bay. Alvin Kamara at number 12. People have soured on Kamara so much that I, I really don't know how to wrap my head around it. Yes, he had a bad year. I get it. And the suspension was looming. But everything that I've been hearing about this suspension, it's, it was postponed, I think, three months. So that brings it into October. He's going to start the year just fine. Yeah, I know, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, or the ghost of Mark Ingram, is is not going to take the work away from Alvin Kamara. Kamara's going to come out of the gate fired up, and he's going to be just fine. Am I comfortable taking him as my number one? Nah, not really. Um, and that comes from, I don't know if he's going to get suspended through the season. They don't think he will. A lot of what I've been hearing, it's going to be a next year thing, if it's going to be anything at all. 
So take that for what it's worth. Alvin Kamara rounds up, rounds out your top 12. This next guy, I don't feel should be going at number 13 overall um, and uh, number 13 running back overall. He's good. And just like Jonathan Taylor, he checks the boxes for what he can do on the field. He catches passes. He's got good breakaway speed. He breaks tackles. Uh, he, he has all the metrics and all the physical tools to be a dominant running back. He is not in a system that is going to do is going to utilize him that way. And that's Javante Williams in Denver. They still have Melvin Gordon for at least one more year. And Melvin Gordon didn't look that bad. He looked just as efficient as Javante Williams. Now he doesn't have the speed that Williams has or the youth or, you know, the wheels are a little bit better and younger on Williams, but that doesn't take away the fact that Gordon is who he is. And he's going to eat into that workload a lot like Aaron Jones. I don't like taking Javante Williams this early. I just don't don't want to do it. You will not catch me doing it. He's one of my players to avoid at his current ADP. This next guy. Now I want to I do want to bring this up because it is incredible what his what he would have what he would have gotten if he was able if he played a full season and what he would have done from the standpoint of total yards and that is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb would have had 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. It, it, it taken over a uh, taken over a uh, 17 game stretch there. Now he wasn't featured in the passing game, and he won't be featured in the passing game now. Even if it is Deshaun Watson, which I, none of us think it will be at this point, it, it, even the six games is a little too short. So I think it's going to be a full year. I really do, but that's not. We're not here to talk about that. Nick Chubb will be a dominant running back. I am perfectly fine having him as my number one guy, just based on the fact that he will get those touchdowns on the ground. He will get those rushing yards. He'll get just enough in the passing game to keep it keep it close, but he is definitely, he's the last guy that I would get, take and be confident on, um, as my number one guy with one exception. And we're going to talk about that guy in a few minutes, but yeah, Nick Chubb, I like, I like a lot. Like I said, 1800 yards, 18 touchdowns, uh, it would have been something to see. So we'll see what he does this year. Kareem Hunt wants a trade and he's not going to get it. Even, even if he does get traded, you have Dearness Johnson, so Chubb isn't going to be a workhorse, but he will be. Um, he'll get the job done, and I'm definitely comfortable. This guy here, the next guy, James Conner, I love what he did last year. I'm a James Conner fan. I really am. I don't know that they're, they're going to do that again. He stayed healthy for the first time in his career, and that's the truth. I know. I, I watched him in Pittsburgh. He had... A fantastic season, but the amount of touchdowns that James Conner got was was absolutely ridiculous. I, I mean, for those of you who don't know, he had twenty touchdowns. <laughs> That's not going to be something that he's going to repeat. It, it just it, it can't be. So, from that standpoint alone, he didn't even have eight hundred rushing yards. So, for those of you who think he's going to be over a thousand yards and twenty five touchdowns. You're going to come crashing down to earth. I do not want James Conner as my number one running back. As a number two guy, if I already had somebody, if I took Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, somebody, Jonathan Taylor, that'd be a good guy to pair with Taylor, maybe. 
especially if he falls to like the third round and you get a nice wide receiver in the middle there. Connor's a good guy and he's going to get a lot of work. I just don't see him repeating to the tune of what he did last year. If you had ever told me that there was going to be a day where Ezekiel Elliott was going behind James Connor, Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, and we'll throw somebody else in there. Jonathan Taylor, because I wasn't a believer last year. I would not, I, I wouldn't believe you. But here we are, Ezekiel Elliott, number 16. I think I'm at the point where I agree with everybody else. I said it last year. Uh, I remember saying it too. Um, it, it was a not-so-bold prediction of mine that Elliott was going to be in more of a timeshare with Tony Pollard than people were comfortable with. And lo and behold, there we were. It's going to be that much again this year. I don't necessarily feel that he should be drafted here. I like the next guy a lot more. And the guy after him I like a little bit more too for the upside. But Zeke, I'm avoiding in this range. In this range of the draft, when Zeke shows up in my queue, I can typically find a Terry McLaurin, a Cortland Sutton, or a Jerry Judy, or a Mike Williams. I can find a wide receiver that I would much rather have on my squad than Ezekiel Elliott. That's just me. But that's my opinion. He's lost a few steps. He's getting older. He's got banged up. Tony Pollard looks better. So we're going to see how this whole thing plays out over the season. But I'm avoiding Zeke at uh, the, at the number 16 uh, running back. Now, this guy at 17, before I even tell you who he is, it's, it's another stat time, okay? Another comparison that I, I want to give you. And this one is absolutely mind-blowing, okay? There is a running back who is currently going at the in the middle to the end of the first round. He is in the top 10. Um, I believe he's the sixth running back on the consensus rankings. His 17-game pace last year was 1,205 yards, 13 touchdowns, 42 catches, 314 yards, and three touchdowns in the air. As I said, he was a late he's going to be a late first round pick this year and he accumulated 289 fantasy points last year in the PPR. Uh, I said 17 game pace, he played 17 games and that is Joe Mixon. This next guy, his 17 game pace cuz he didn't play 17 games was 1202 yards, so 3 yards less than Joe Mixon. 10 touchdowns. That's on the ground, but in the air, listen to this, 60 catches. He was on pace for 60, 6-0, 497 yards in the air, and three touchdowns. That, my friends, is David Montgomery. That would have given Montgomery 307 fantasy points, and that would have been good enough for number three overall. It would have put him above Najee Harris and under Austin Eckler in PPR. So yes, that David Montgomery in that system. I don't know what the situation is going to be with uh, Justin Fields, but Fields played a good portion of the year, if you remember. So Montgomery could be a guy, if you wait and you can get him, he's going in the fourth round and fifth in some drafts. I've seen him hang around. Montgomery is a, a, a great guy. To th- if you took Jonathan Taylor, back him up with David Montgomery, and in, in the middle, two solid wide receivers, and you have a really, really nice core there. So Montgomery is somebody that I am not sleeping on. I know Khalil Herbert. I, I hear the rumblings. I see it. But I, I 
I see it, but I don't see it. Herbert's a backup. He's where he should be. Even when Tyreek uh, Cohen was or Tariq Cohen was still there uh, and, and healthy-ish, he was not digging into Montgomery's workload all that much. I like Montgomery a lot. So uh, we'll move on. I just wanted to throw that stat out there because when I looked at it and did the numbers on it, it was, to me at least, mind-blowing. Number 18, we have Travis Etienne. You guys know I like Etienne. Um, he's a number one uh, running back who is fighting for a job or at least in some type of position battle with an undrafted uh, free agent. Sound familiar? This actually sounds like the Chris Carson and Rashad Penny situation in Seattle. The only difference is I told you then I liked Carson more than Penny. I liked what Carson brought to the table. I, I And, yeah, I, I do think that uh, James Robinson is okay. I don't think he's like the world on fire. I think he's an opportunity hog, and I think that's where he gets most of his stuff from. I think that ETN is much better. He has that rapport with... Uh, with the quarterback there in Trevor Lawrence. So I think that they're going to, now that he's healthy, and bring him back, I think he's going to figure into that offense a lot more. They, they, they're they going to run a Doug Peterson offense. He likes to throw to the running backs. He likes to use multiple running backs. So Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be a, a steal in a lot of these drafts it's just because if you're in a PPR league, then he's going to catch enough passes to figure as a running back too. Just about every week, I think. I like ETN a lot. This next guy, I'm, I'm scared to death. I really am, and that's Cam Akers. I like the talent. Uh, I like the, the guy. Uh, I don't like the situation. And it's one of those situations where I really do believe that the other guy in there with him, in Daryl Henderson, is as good, if not better. He doesn't stay healthy either. So Akers, if he's fully recovered... From his Achilles, which he came back way too soon for that. But anyway, if he is fully recovered and Henderson does get hurt, then Akers could be a steal. It could go the other way where Akers gets hurt or they both play and they eat into each other. It's a scary proposition. If he's if he falls to the fifth or sixth round, sure, but I don't know how far he's going to go. Number 20 is an unknown commodity, and that's Brees Hall. Look, his... Pedigree out of college is fantastic. I like him. I don't like taking Jets. I, I Yeah, I understand how that sounds. I just don't like taking Jets. Jets scare me in that offense. But Brees Hall is somebody that I don't find myself ever getting. Um, doesn't mean I wouldn't take a shot at it. I'd rather see something out of him first. Number 21, Antonio Gibson. Another guy that I don't feel is going to have a lot of opportunities. He's sneaky good, though, in the fact that he's had double-digit touchdowns and 1,000 yards in both of his NFL seasons. That could continue. It might change. They do have another running back there along with J.D. McKissick. So it could be a three-headed monster, honestly. He figures into the passing game a little bit, but uh, Gibson is somebody that I don't, I don't, I just, he, he doesn't excite you, but when you get down to this part of the draft and you've built your team the right way and you just need a, a running back two to go with one of your stars, you could do worse than Antonio Gibson. You could do worse than a 1,000-yard rusher. So he'll get you that, and it won't be pretty, and you'll have some weeks where you'll be aggravated. But 
he's a guy that you could plug in there, especially if you have these high caliber wide receivers and a an absolute star at the running back position. You should be okay. Josh Jacobs. Now, we talked about him a little bit, and I said I didn't like the way he was used in the Hall of Fame game, and I don't. I don't know what that means. I really don't. I can't put my head around why they would do that, why Josh McDaniels would throw Jacobs out there for the first two first two drives of the Hall of Fame game. This is a game where nobody ever plays that means anything. So I don't understand what that was all about, unless he just wanted to see him on the field in a competitive situation. But you're putting them up against the fourth string defense of a team that they're going to cut everybody anyway. I don't know. I don't know what the, the point was behind it. Jacobs, I guess, is the number one in this offense. I'm not. I'm, I'm super not excited. I know uh, Chris Henderson disagrees with me. Chris, you can have Josh uh, Jacobs. Take him. Take him all you want. I'd rather have this next guy and um, and, and and be happy about it all day long. Now, this is another guy uh, that. Uh, we talked about earlier in Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell had the numbers over the course of 17 games to put up Dalvin Cook-like numbers, numbers that would have put him in the top five. It would have made him number three. But um, he didn't play all those games, so you can't. This all this is is speculation. But in that Kyle Shanahan offense in San Francisco, Mitchell's going to be the the top dog in there. That's an offense that supports the one. Guy, when it was Raheem Mostert, it was it was him. When it was Mitchell, it was him. So, uh, yeah, there's other guys there, but we saw later in the year Mitchell get the rock, and they trusted him with it. I like him where he's going at 23 uh, at the 23rd running back, which puts him, I believe it was uh, 56th or 58th overall. I will take him as a running back two to a star running back all day, every day. That is a great strategy to have. Number 24, we're going to round it off. I want to talk about 25 too, just because I do. 24 is J.K. Dobbins coming off an injury in uh, in an offense that throws the ball now. Uh, Not well, but they throw it. Um, and they have a running quarterback, one of the most prolific running quarterbacks. I'm staying away from J.K. Dobbins. I don't care. I don't have any interest in it. Um, I, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I don't feel that he's going to give you the value where you're getting him. There, you, you could get this next guy and be at least assured or somewhat assured of getting a 50-50 split and touchdown potential. And that's A.J. Dillon in that Packers offense. Um, again, I'm not going to talk too much about him either. But he should be going higher than this based on his splits with uh, with um, Aaron Jones. So A.J. Dillon is at 25. I would rather have him at the 24 and Dobbins out altogether. There are some others that we could talk about. Uh, Miles Sanders had an interesting stat. I will share that with you. He would have – he only played 12 games. But if he played 17, he figured to have 1,300 total yards and zero touchdowns on the ground and in the air. What does that mean? That just means that Jalen Hurts is taking all of the uh, all of the rushing touchdowns there in Philadelphia, which is good for his draft capital, but terrible for Miles Sanders. If you could tell me that Miles Sanders is going to get maybe four to six total touchdowns and that thirteen hundred yards, he'd make a fine running back too. Uh, Kareem Hunt, the the Browns are not going to trade him, so he should play. He's playing for a contract if he plays. If he holds out, I think that's just dumb. But 
We'll see what he decides to do. Chase Edmonds, Clyde edwards alaire those are your next grouping. Nothing to be that excited about at all. So that's going to do it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and allowing me into your lives for what little amount that I am actually allowed to be there. Hopefully you found this informative and entertaining to some degree. I am only here to help you win championships. So uh, hopefully I do that. And my track record speaks for itself in that regard, but I will always, always, always want to do the best I can for my listeners. So thank you again for putting in the time. I know this ran a little longer than my usual show, but it is the running back episode. So I wanted to make sure that I got everything in there that you guys are going to need in regards to the top 24. So hopefully uh, you guys have a good rest of your week until I talk to you later on in the week. Happy Monday to everybody out there, and remember, whatever you do, do everything in your power to dominate your lives. Thanks again, everybody, and I will talk to you again soon. Never look again today when you reach your